Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 200 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets are pins have character. From deep down in the bowels of the USS Cerritos, welcome listeners, cadets, junior officers, and all-around non-coms to the podcast that barely goes where any podcast has gone before. What kind of adventures did Boimler, Mariner, Tendy, and Rutherford find themselves in this week? In the final episode of Season 1, entitled No Small Parts? Well, let's find out. My name is Dan Davidson, and this is Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe companion presented by Fansets. Each week we're here to break down the latest Lower Decks episode and have a whole lot of fun doing it. It's the season finale. We're pretty excited. We're not going to lie. We also like to talk about how we consider ourselves the finest waste extraction team on the USS Cerritos, because when we aren't cleaning it up, we are dishing it out. And hey, when I say we, I can't do it alone. This has been an absolutely wonderful first season with these three people joining me each and every week. Well, except that one week where I was in the hospital, but whatever. Uh, First up, she is one of the hosts on Rewind, the Star Trek podcast right here on the Trek Geeks podcast network. She is smart. She makes things go. And she would never confuse the Enterprise with the USS Cerritos. Her name is Sarah from Canada. Hey, Sarah. Hello. But I totally would do that. (laughs) You would. Okay. You would totally do that. All right. Well, I was wrong. And that happens all the time. Uh, Next up, he would confuse the Cerritos with the Enterprise. And I know this to be true because he's always confusing all of the co-hosts here on the show. He is the often forgetful but never forgotten Casey Shafsky. Hey, Cassie. I said that last week. Hey, Casey. (laughs) You got to change your name, dude. (laughs) Martin, Rebecca, Virgil. It's great to be here back on Mission Log Live. (laughs) Yeah, dick. Very nice to have you here, buddy. And uh, rounding out this amazing and fun panel is this fine gentleman. Uh, You know Klingon operas will be sung about this guy. The good thing is, most of us won't really understand a damn word that's being said, so all the negative comments will go right over our heads. He is Bill Smith. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Thanks, Stan. It's good to be here. Hi, Cassie. <laughs> Hi, Sheila. It's great to wrap up the season. <laughs> Sheila. Oh, 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 Sheila. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. season finale, Lower Decks, is, uh, is in the can for the whole season, so to speak, so we're going to get right into it. Name, rank. Chekhov. Pavel. Rank. Admiral. No small parts. We're going to start with ranking uh, for this uh, finale. I'm going to start off, and you know, one to four pips. I'm going to... I'm going to go where none of us have gone yet this season. I'm not only giving this four pits, pips. These pips are encased in a gold rectangle. I'm going full admiral on this, baby. By far the best episode of the season. It was fantastic. Bill? 
You know, it's amazing because you said pretty much the same thing. I was going to say word for word, <laughs> but stole it. I, I have to one up you and I'm going to, um, I, the scale is one to four. I'm going to give it five pips inside a silver trapezoid, which in the time of Star Trek Picard is fleet admiral. That's Ooh. right. This is a five pip out of four pip episode with no small parts. Well, that's not surprising. You always go over the uh, six-sentence recap. Anyway, Casey, that's how true. do you do? How do you rate? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to say, on this International Day of the Girl, I give this 1,701 full <laughs> latinum pippy long stockings. I don't even know what that means. I, but uh, yeah, I'm I think pippy long stocking. Well, come on. I think, no, I know who she is, but I think that means it's good. We won't really ask. Sarah, what about you? Oh, I give it a one, two, three, four. Oh, nice. I think yes. it's a, I think it's pretty safe to assume that everyone thought that this was the episode of the season. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what everybody uh, says about it when we get to deck 47. 47. 47. But, Bill, before you dazzle us with your last six-sentence recap of the season. What? Uh, it's very sad. Where can listeners go to let us know if No Small Parts was as awesome for them as it was for us? Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. Thanks, Stan. On both Twitter and Facebook, you can find us at Discovering Trek. In both of those places, you can leave us comments, questions, or tell us your favorite moments from the entire first season of Star Trek Lower Decks. And if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can do so by going to our website at trekgeeks.com and clicking on the giant blue button on the right-hand side. Not green, not yellow, not red, but blue. And please remember, though, that any comments you leave us could be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. Stan. Thanks, Gil. Black alert. Black alert. From here on in, this episode of Discovering Trek contains spoilers. So if you haven't watched the season finale of Star Trek Lower Decks, stop listening right now. Go over to CBS All Access and watch the episode. Believe me, you're not going to be disappointed. Then come over to Discovering Trek, where you will be disappointed. Uh, Otherwise, you run the risk of finding out plot developments and character details for no small parts. It's time for the best recap in the galaxy. It's the Six Sentence Recap, starring the one and only Bill Smith. Six sentences, Bill, starting now. Go. And action. Speaking of disappointment, it's Uh really difficult to cram (laughs) this entire episode into six mere sentences. Mm. But I'm going to give it my best shot. Here we go. The Cerritos investigates the disappearance of the USS Solvang, which was attacked and destroyed by an old adversary, the Packlets. They too are attacked and heavily damaged as the Packlets begin to take the ship apart. The upper and lower deckers must work together to save the ship. Rutherford and Shax implant a virus on the Packlet ship using Badgie as the delivering system. And in order to save Rutherford, Shax has to tear Rutherford's implant out and get him on a shuttle. The Cerritos is saved momentarily, but then they're surrounded by even more Packled ships. The USS Titan, with Will Riker and Deanna Troy, warps in to save the day. And now, this just in from Podfleet Command, it is our bonus season finale, seventh sentence in the sixth sentence recap. No way. Shocker. Pulling out. <laughs> 
pour one out for Lieutenant Shax. Oh. May the prophets guide his journey. Oh, that hurts. It it's does. Sad. It still stinks. Oh, Bill, that was so good. That was so good. It was the. It, I'm giving to give that four pips. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Thank you for gracing us with your six, seven, and even a record-breaking eight this first season of Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Fantastic. Now, let's just, you know, breakdance our way over into the the beyond <laughs> part of Bed Bath & Beyond, where you have to uh, <laughs> challenge every moral and value you've ever had and listen or not listen to the ramblings of an insane man we call Mr. Casey Shafsky. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to whisper this because it's a jazzy kind of week. You hep cats. Hey, oh my gosh, we had tons of returns this week. Mm-hmm. We returned to Beta 3. Nice little TOS nod there. Landru, that cheeky bastard computer, is still at it. And people are buying into that crud. We get a nice TAS representation of Kirk and Spock on Ransom's pad. That that made me right right off the bat. Eleven seconds, I was like, "This is fantastic!" Oh, thank you so awesome. much. Awesome. Uh, Ransom calls the twenty two sixties the TOS era, which is you know these old scientists. Sarah and I call you know Dan and Bill something else. It's you know truly overbearing <laughs> burgers. But other than that, wow. I did not. I did not say that. Wow, I don't She's, think you did. She sent it to me in a text. Sorry that you have to bleep something that Sarah sent to me, and I did not want to say on air. But she has pictures of me. Um, <laughs> lies, lies. <laughs> I believe the pictures part though. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Tin types. Um, <laughs> Captain Freeman gives us a gamester of Tris- Triskillian. How do you say that, Dan? Triskillian. Thank you. I wow. knew you'd know it because I knew you wet yourself over that reference. Way to go, super fan. Hey, I am. Let's I call watch the, the episodes. <laughs> Mariner saying there's a pathetic little fly in amber. Jurassic Park all the way. Mm-hmm. We spare no expense. Uh huh. Oh my goodness. Then we get the not so long of a return of Captain Dayton now commanding the USS Solvang. And for anybody like me who's been to Solvang, windmills, windmills, windmills. It's a nice little Danish town. And this kind of dovetails into the registry of NCC 12101. Solvang is off of Highway 101. So that was kind of cool. Um, and it's actually pretty easy to be get kicked out of a bar in Solvang, allegedly. Sure, sure I, I don't like know. I, I feel like I don't know about that information about this someday. <laughs> you you will. I will tell you offline because it's <laughs> wow. It ain't tough, baby. Um, the Solvang has that interesting green paint scheme. So I was really interested to see what the, what does that signify for this class of California class vessel. Uh, we've got a nice return of the exocomps via Peanut Hamper. <laughs> peanut Hamper. That's my new name for Dan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thought it was different, but similar. But wow. <laughs> Dan, did you have Peanut for That's Bill? pretty much what I was going for, yeah. Okay, thank you. It's <laughs> a, atomically correct. You don't have to bleep it. Um, <laughs> we have a Dr. and Wesley Crusher mentioned, so that was kind of nice. The U.S. Sacramento basically comes into play the entire episode so we're coming back to that 
The captain's yacht once again gets mentioned, so I'm hoping we're going to see that in action next year. Captain Freeman Day will be awkward this year, unlike Captain Picard Day, which was not awkward at all in the episode The Pegasus. Now, as we all suspected, Wolf 359, Changelings, the Dominion War (laughs) are all conspiracy theories and BS. None of these things happened or will ever. Oh my gosh. We get the return of Mariner's loot. All her contraband comes into play in this episode. We once again see Sulu's foil, we get weapons galore, and we get the first ever Spock, oh, pardon me, Dayton Ward helmet (laughs) in pure canon form. Who else made a comeback? We had the pack lids, now all helmety and leathery. We get an ever-present and still quite insane badgie. That that badgie, man, I'm glad he's gone. See ya. Or Or is he? Well, that's a tease for season two. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we find out how badly Dr. Ta'ana wanted shacks. We saw a little bit of it in Terminal Provocations, but unfortunately, she'll never get to sink her coital hooks into that badass Bajoran beefsteak. On a related note, we beef hear stew. that... Sh- beef stew? Yeah, a beefsteak beef is a tomato. <laughs> get it. <laughs> Get it right. We're isn't, talking about is, shacks. Isn't he? Isn't he like uh, juicy tomato? Mm. Right, Keep on. going. Okay. God, you prudes. On a related note, we find out that tribbles can be used for personal use. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. And the biggest return, of course, is Troy and Riker. Woo! We get the USS Titan designed by Sean Taranjo. And it makes a full, glorious canon appearance. When the Titan comes in, we get the, this is for you, Dan, we get the motion picture theme playing with all its fantastic effing glory. Thank you. You got it, bud. I listen, I listen to you once in a while. There we go. Um, I dig the whole thing of when they say, you know, a, a ship's coming in. It just reminded me of ships coming in on radar. It's it's very much like a Superman, an Iron Man thing when things come out of nowhere yeah. at high speed. Boom. Uh, Riker very much loves him some Archer escapades. Right? <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, well, I don't know. We'll have to find out. But oh, and also Troy and Riker like to get their Horgon freak on as well. So, hmm. <laughs> Little more to that story that we'll find out later, maybe. Is Riker going back to Cali? Yo, I don't think so. <laughs> and one final reference from Shax to Baby Bear. And we get a twalk like ceremony at the end. That's what I got, y'all. Oh, no crying. We poured one out earlier. Oh, that's still brutal. Uh... Yeah. I think it is the earring. He was my favorite. <laughs> the the yeah the earring with with the flag folded up in the captain's quarters yeah. was just like, oh man. I'm not convinced we're not going to see him again though because it's no. it's Star Trek. Yeah. Anything yeah. can happen. Never know. That's true. You never know, but uh, we'll find out. Lots anything? of good references there, man. Mm-hmm. Nicely done, as a always. Great job. Anybody uh, else got anything? No, I, I, I'm glad he brought up the Spock helmet because that is the worst <laughs> yes. licensing a toy of, of the 1970s. And the fact now that it is established Star Trek canon, 
um, they made can me laugh harder that. than almost anything else in the episode. It was it was hilarious. Yeah, right. It was really great. Start reproducing those suckers now because you can sell them. Well, they Hard. did it with the Mego Bridge back about five, six, seven years ago, um, and it was expensive. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> um, so I can only imagine what the Spock helmet would go for. Ah, we will find out. But you know what, cats and kittens? We want to take a moment to thank Fansets for being our exclusive sponsor for the whole season of Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Not only are they an amazing business partner, but they are very special friends, except for Joe. And we have enjoyed this entire journey all season long. I didn't even write that one in this week. That was all ad-libbed. I'm just saying. Go ahead, Sarah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) We sure have, Casey. This is Sarah. (laughs) 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 All right. Whether it's Star Trek or Scooby-Dooby-Doo or Harry Potter or a whole ton of other franchises, Bandsets has always put out superior products and we are honored to announce that we will keep this amazing relationship going all through season three of discovery here on discovering track that is fantastic news sarah uh fansets will continue to be our exclusive sponsor of discovering track as we journey 900 years into the future each and every week to discuss the adventures of burnham saru and the whole crew of the uss discovery but that's still a week away so let's talk about what is available today at fansets.com you can purchase the star trek discovery lieutenant bryce micro crew pin as well as the women of trek hoshi sato pin right now and you can finally pre-order your very own voyager collector set commemorating the 25th anniversary of our favorite delta quadrant stranded crew 11 pins, a backer board, and a black frame, all for the lowest price ever for a Fansets collector set at just $180. That's awesome. It's pretty awesome, indeed. In addition to all that, since we're still talking about Lower Decks this week, you can now pre-order the Lower Decks Delta set. That's right, the Lower Decks full-size badge. The magnet-based badge and the mini badge are all available to pre-order at Fansets.com, and they'll be shipped out by the end of November, Bill. Wow, those are all good things there, Stan. <laughs> See what I did there? Wow. Seriously, though, like everyone already said, we are truly thrilled to continue this amazing relationship with Fansets. And, and that relationship means that you, Y-O-U, you get to save money each and every week with our special Discovering Trek discount code. Head on over to Fansets.com, place a whole bunch of stuff in your cart, and at checkout, enter the special discount code LOWERDECKS. That's lower decks in all capital letters with no spaces, and that's going to get you 15% off your entire order at fansets.com. And don't forget that our U.S. customers will get free shipping if you spend $30 or more. Fansets, our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsors of Discovering Trek. I just got what the our pins have character means. Oh, my God. That's so great. Oh, you are Seriously. so dumb. <laughs> How long has it been? It's been over a year. Oh, God. Here we go. Wow, pack lid in the house. Okay. Ah, hey, rewind and discovering Trek listeners. Oh boy. Each week, this titan of podcasting brings you her righteous thoughts and spontaneous reflections. So belly up to the bar on star date, whatever. Make Racker pay even though he's tapped out. And get ready, because she's already had beer five, six, seven, and eight. Federation folks, taking the mic for the last time on the instance log of the season. Here's Sarah. 
That was the worst ever. <laughs> wow. And fun fact, I have been living a lie. I, I'm not a, I, I go by dry white. Don't like wine. I'm drinking wine today. And you know what? I saw that. I'm enjoying it. There you go. It's called Dirty Laundry. Welcome to the, oh, welcome to the I bet party, it pal. Which is fitting because I've done about three loads of laundry today. So there you yeah. go. I needed a couple of drinks after all that folding. So here we are. The last episode of season one. One, one, one. This was so fun to watch. This was so hard to pick I was I was like watching it for the second or third time and I was like, okay, how do I pick my favorite lines? I'm gonna have to pick one for every single character to give them No, I can't. This is too much. I'll be here for twenty minutes. No one wants to hear me go on for twenty minutes. If you want to hear me go on for forty five minutes about non Trek related, listen to the Star Trek <laughs> podcast Trek Rewind. <laughs> there you'll hear it. Nothing about Star Trek. Okay, so I just picked some of the ones that really made me laugh out loud. Space, a final frontier. Because it was no longer Starfleet. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullies, and I don't like threats, and I don't like you. Let's make sure that history never forgets the name Enterprise. Hit it. One of them, of course, was Mariner with the classic, who here is named Jen? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this has popped up more than the visors, I think, at this point. We've I got know. Jen. We don't have Jen, but we do have Jen. And this episode, at the end of the episode, we still had a Jen. So yeah, shut up, I Jen. Just, <laughs> I just find that really funny. Like, I, that humor, to me, gets me every time. Um, we had the heartbreaking last words of Shaxx, hang in there, baby bear, which just mm. brought a tear to my eye. He was such a great character. Sad to see him go, but I just love that. I just, I don't know. It's just a nice little line. I like that. Um, Ransom had some really great lines, and I really had a hard time picking what they were. I mean, there was the very awkward, I'm only hard on you when you make me hard, which oh. I listened to that one like four times, because I was like, oh, I'm into it. <laughs> I, I, was, I was into that. I like that one. But I also really like the intruders beaming in, very slowly beaming in, <laughs> which was just hilarious. Um... And then for my third to last, we have the pack lids. Oh, no, it's another Enterprise. I, I can relate. I, the, all the ships look the same. So there we go. I like that. <laughs> Second to favorite would be Rikers. Give me a warp in the factor of five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> it was so tacky. And I just had this vision of Mr. Jonathan Frakes in a sound room. Just like so excited. like Just like shaking it up, like getting ready to do it. And lastly, I, this has been all over Twitter and, my, and from what I've seen is classic Steve with changes are real and the Dominion War never happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so good. That is the best so good. Whole and I, 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 I went overboard. I had so many. I'm sorry if I stole some of your guys's, but I'm sure you found some, too, because this was packed full. Yeah, that, and that's one of the things that I've loved so much about Lower Decks. Every week we've got all these great quotes that we can reflect on. You, the the Changeling and Dominion one was my favorite one of the entire week, without a doubt. But I got to say, when Riker showed up on the bridge uh, after uh, Boimler uh, got his transfer and said, you know, uh, I, I was watching the first Enterprise on the holodeck. You know, Archer and those guys, <laughs> what a story. Those guys had a long road getting from there to here. Oh, was I was awesome. going to use that one. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> Casey, what you got buddy i there were little things like when Riker comes up to boimler and goes hey boomler 
<laughs> yes. I was just like, it's perfect. He He's almost respected. <laughs> so, and it's so close. And uh, I got to say, I just kept getting uh, distracted with coital hooks. I uh, bet you did. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Sounded very Vegas STLV to me. So, you know. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to know where you're hanging out at STLV. Oh. <laughs> with you, uh, incorrect. <laughs> what do you got? Obviously Bill? with Haley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. My favorite line of the episode has to be the ransom. Uh, I'm only hard on you when you make me hard. I don't think I've laughed more at a Star Trek episode. You know, in years past, on both Trek Geeks and Discovering Trek, we've talked about how comedy doesn't always work well in Star Trek, especially when they're trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Here is an example where it worked perfectly um, because it was written. It, it, just so well and the entire scene just fired at the right pace so and Jerry O'Connell's delivery of that line was just was spot on so um, those half that has to be my favorite line of the whole episode a couple other ones that I'm surprised nobody brought up um, was when at the end of the episode when uh, Mariner was uh, voicemailing Boimler over and over said I'm going to feed you to Armis I thought (laughs) that was a great Skin of Evil reference totally and also when um, Freeman was getting the Cerritos uh, redone she says I hate it when a ship gets repaired and comes out looking all sovereign class (laughs) (laughs) good stuff yeah Yeah. just what a great what a great wrap up to the entire Mm -hmm. season I mean Mm -hmm. it was just everything was great I've loaded the appropriate decon gel into compartment B and of course uh, when we're talking about uh, the end of the season we also have to talk about the final decon chamber of the season, and maybe yay! Yay. ever. I might be (laughs) dropping this thing because there's only so many times you can talk about blood on the same part of the show every single week, but there was a lot of blood this week, and Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about it some more. Mm -hmm. We had Packwick blood. We had a lot of Freeman blood. She was bleeding out. She was. I didn't know if she was going to make it, so that was very very, um, disconcerting. And um, I thought it was kind of gross and goopy that Rutherford's exposed flesh when Shax ripped off that cybernetic mm-hmm. uh, stuff that was from real. his head. That was kind of gross. I would have loved if he did not have a bandage on mm. just so we could see what it looked like if it looked like the guy from Poltergeist when he started peeling his <laughs> face off. And that Phantom of the Opera. Just, just yeah. saying. Just saying. And then we had more Packlet blood. So mm. I don't know if I missed anything, but I'll let you guys wrap it up. I think no, that there's definitely d- potential. Go, no, please. Go. No, no, Casey, you have really good things to say. Please. Oh, no. Oh, God. The buildup of this is way too much. When? That is no. a joke. No, you have to go because mine was crap. <laughs> I was going to say that I think that this episode deserves um, a shout out to something that we didn't see, but we assume it's going to be there because at the end when they're in 10 forward and Riker's just picking up people and, and hugging them, there's going to be sloshing drinks everywhere. Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh there you yeah. go. Top that one, Cassie. Yeah, come on, Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't. <laughs> well, Honestly. yeah, talk about all the buildup, huh? That's, Ooh, that's what I said. I just can't. <sighs> Rutherford, wow. I was I was hoping we would see an exposed eye socket, and the fact that we didn't, and that that bandage was completely clean. When he was there, I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, come on! Give a give a little give a little goop so that Dan segment finally makes some freaking sense." You were looking for a little Nicolas Cage and Face Off, weren't you? Face off. Oh, I can't believe they took my done. face off and Face Off. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. Okay, so that segment's over. Um, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, now it's time for us to get in the turbo lift, as we always do each and every week, and head all the way down to the lowest of the lower decks to discuss some other elements in this week's episode in Deck 47. Sp- stop. Sponsored by our friends at Science Division. I thought there was a window open. Uh, They're the makers of the Galaxy's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your very own smartphone. These brand new Tribbles will be an incredible addition to your Star Trek collection. And you can find out more at ScienceDIV.com. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. So I think we're all in agreement. Best episode of the season. Got to give credit to Mike McMahon for the writing of this episode. He mm. pulled out all Ugh, the stops yes. for this one. And, you know, when we talked to him at the before the, the season started, we were just so excited. And he gave us little hints about things that he wanted to do. But never in my wildest dreams did I imagine an episode like this. Right from the very beginning with Landrew. I mean... That just started it off on the right foot, and it just kept going on and on and on. Totally amazing, and I don't know how they topped this. That's the one thing that I'm a little worried about. This episode was so great. I want them to keep it going at that level, starting with the first episode of Season 2, Bill. Well, here's the thing. They don't have to top it. I mean, there's no possible way you could top the best of both worlds, Parts 1 and 2. And they didn't even try to. They try to go back into a normal rhythm with the series and, and, and keep building on the characters. I think the best thing about this particular episode is that, like it was a half an hour movie. This episode yeah. very easily could have been an hour long because the mm. pacing was there, the script was there, the character work was there. Um, and it just it hit on every level. So I, I don't think they need to carry this particular feeling and element through as long as they're telling compelling stories. Good point. I like that. One of the things I also like, Sarah, um, is the cinematography and just an animated 26-minute episode, especially, unfortunately, with the destruction of the Solvang. When that thing went into warp and it panned out so you were seeing like the full planet and and the, mm. the destruction, mm-hmm. that blew my mind, Sarah. Oh. Great. Excellent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did that on purpose. She was mesmerized. Why would I talk about that? That's not what I would have talked about. No. You set me up for failure, Dan. No. I would agree. There this was one of the first episodes of Lower Decks. I mean, I've laughed at every episode. Some I liked more than others. Absolutely. But this one was the first one where I was so captivated from yeah. start to finish because of the humor because of the throwbacks because of the story and then because of the combination of those angles of ships the music it felt like i was watching one of the movies absolutely agree with you on that it was and it hit all the heartstrings because the shacks thing i did not expect it was such a tasha yar treatment of shacks in my opinion i'm not ready to see him go he was a great character and i feel bad for dr tana now i mean she had some plans and i would like Mm. to have seen her see those plans through but um I also really enjoyed, um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. But the thing that I'm kind of hoping now with moving on to the next season is that Mariner and her mom kind of made a plan. Mm-hmm. They kind of shook hands on how things are going to work going forward. And I hope what that means is that we're not going to see that back and forth with Mariner as much. That she's in this role. She knows what her role is. And it's to be a bit of that kind of that badass that her mom really can't afford to be right now. And I don't know if that's going to happen with Boiler now kind of disappearing. I'm really interested to see. I think it was the perfect kind of just enough of a cliffhanger to be a cliffhanger. So 
don't those know. Are, those are two great points. One, was the therapy, quote-unquote, that we all seem to have such a huge problem with last week something that actually helped with their relationship that we saw at the end of this episode? Mm-hmm. And what is it going to be like when Lower Deck Season 2 opens without Boimler on the Cerritos? That's going to be freaky, Casey. <sighs> It, yeah, I mean, it could be, but you, what you saw talking going on with what Sarah talked about is you saw the mom and the daughter come together, where each of the other's perceived weaknesses were really the strengths that when you bring them together, it's going to work really well, I think, for this crew. When, you know, Freeman's like, I don't know how I'm going to replace Shanks. He, Mariner can replace Shanks because she can get in there and do certain things that Freeman can't. And you saw a whole bunch of, not quite full circle, but almost full circle with certain characters coming around. It's like when Mariner, literally they show, Mariner has her mom's blood on her hands. Mm. And this is not a simulation. This is no BS. She is, I am full in. I am going to do whatever is necessary to take care of my mom, my crew, my ship. And, and she is in there. She sees herself as a Robin Hood. She can still play that Robin Hood role while the mom protects her and says, like, hey, don't tell dad, the admiral. And I, I think they're setting it up for some really good, strong, different type of drama. And like Sarah's saying, that they don't backslide with the character because there'll be however many months in between seasons. But to actually move forward, when you only have 10 episodes, you know, things have to come up. Easy, man. And, wow, Sarah's, man, my opinion has knocked over her. There was wine a fruit fly. The wine's clearly getting to her. <laughs> hey, dry white, no more wine. <laughs> but really, this was, this, like, it was amazing. You know, Rutherford's going to be a completely different character, maybe. Maybe. Tendi, Tendi has grown a lot in this season. Boimler, he's on his dream gig. He said that's his dream gig. He's there. How long he'll be there? Who knows? Shax is gone. Mm. And, you know, the, the difference between Mariner and Freeman, I see that whole working and personal relationship hopefully really growing and going in a different direction for next year, that it can still be fun and dramatic and still mom and daughter dynamics, but but not the same back and forth, back and forth. I mean, you think about it, Mariner, her name conveys the in, inner struggle. So, you know, she's being on the water. It can be either calm or extremely wavy, and you just don't know what's going to happen. Get a doctorate certificate for this guy with a psychological analysis. Well done. My Thank favorite you, part, Frederick. My favorite part was when he called Shaq's Shanks. Yeah, yeah no. I, I, just, I was going to overlook that, but you know, I'm not. Still stu- he's, he's still stupid. Um, I got one question: If there really wasn't anything to say in a negative tone for this episode, if I was going to say one thing, did anybody think that the exocomp was wasted opportunity? I loved seeing it. I loved Peanut Hamper, but then at the end, where she just like, okay, bye, you guys, you humans are, are dummies, and bye. I was like, huh, it would have been interesting to see if they uh, had a little bit more with that. Of course, she did float by at the very end of the episode. She's still alive. I think that 
her and I think that I think it was appropriate because it was very similar to the return of and this one almost made me want to give it a 3.9 pip was Badgy. Badgy's horrifying. <laughs> and so they both kind of had that little bit of an introduction and then like a and then a goodbye. But um, I think that the Exocon really, I don't know, it was funny to me. I, I kind of liked the way they treated the exocomp in this episode because if if the exocomp sorry if Peanut Hamper had gone and done the thing it would have been exactly like the Next Generation episode mm-hmm. except this time yeah. they thought to ask the exocomp ahead of time I'm glad Peanut Hamper said no I'm out because I think that that's, was funnier honestly it's silly. very funnier I'm yeah. not doing that that'd be yeah. me me yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this <laughs> peace out yo yeah bye um, yeah no I I think that. I think it worked for me in that sense. I didn't find it wasted. I thought that as far as a comedic element, I thought it. I thought the payoff of the joke was worth the setup. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you right. got to see you got to see Tendi grow mm-hmm. because now yeah. she's the liaison for mm-hmm. a new member coming on board mm-hmm. the ship. Yeah, sure, right. I think if right. they looked at something like a, an android, like the status of data, it would be different. But the Exocon or Peanut Hamper was just one episode of TNG, and it was just a small thing. It worked well. Yeah. Is are the exocomps the ones that said ugly bags of mostly water? No, that was uh, the TNG episode Home Soil. Okay, thank uh, you. Back like season season two, two I, think. I think. Yeah, one or two. Yeah, okay. Well, before we move on to the wrap up, I do want to put you guys on the spot. This isn't in any of our copy this week, but I oh, wanted great. to get it from you. Yes. So I'm going to start with you, Bill. I want to I want to get your overall thoughts of season one. I'm going to ask each of you what are your overall thoughts. Whatever comes off the top of your head, I want to hear it. And before we get hate mail, Home Soil TNG Season 1, Episode 18. Thank you. Um, uh, Lower Deck Season 1, I thought it was an incredibly strong season. Um, you know, with 10 episodes, you're kind, of, uh, you're kind of up against the wall to tell stories that are cohesive right off the bat. Because you don't have 26 like Next Gen had. Um, so this, you don't really have the chance to throw one away and say, ah, all right, well, that one will just, we'll air that one anyway. I thought that it was very well written. I thought there was great character development, and I really think that they ended the season on the strongest possible note. I think for me, No Small Parts is the best episode of the season, and I think that's the best way to leave fans and new Trek viewers wanting more. Sarah? Um, I was concerned that I had spent 120 hours on Lower Deck Embroideries to end up not liking a show, (laughs) so it's really nice to see that I... I am a fan, and and my senses were in, were correct with what came out. I found the first season to be strong in the throwbacks. The nostalgia was there. If they were looking to tug at the heartstrings, they it worked for me. I'm a next generation person. That's what I grew up on. Um, I wish it was longer. I wish there was more episodes. I want deep dives into characters, but that's just me being selfish because I'm not used to a half hour show. But all in all, I'm happy with it, and I'm I'm more than excited for season two. Mr. California? I dug it, man. I, sincerely, I thought for when, when you have 10 episodes, like you say, everything has to matter. And taking that into consideration, I thought all the stories and storylines worked pretty well. <laughs> Sorry. Sarah, Sarah's- you were like, it was like you were in the middle of the <laughs> desert. Trying oh to get the last God. drop of water out of a canteen. That that wine that, that wine yeah. bottle. If you could <laughs> put a straw inside that upside down, <laughs> it was like, Wah? oh my goodness. But yeah, it's this was a great 
series. It's a great new series, I think. And if people are open to, to humor and just enjoying themselves and not really having to worry about a lot of things and just accepting it, I think people would really enjoy it. I found it a very nice, different take, which was refreshing, and it wasn't the the same type of thing that we've got in the past. And I hope that continues with the other new shows in the future. I, for one, think it was phenomenal. I know that each one of us over the course of the season may have had episodes that weren't highly ranked, but that's okay. It's still Star Trek, and we still love it. Mm -hmm. This is a TNG-era series, and I think without question it was the best first season of that era. It beats TNG, it beats DS9, and it beats Voyager, in my opinion, on first season. I thought it was remarkable. I thought that everything was was phenomenally done from the writing to the animation to the mu- every single aspect of the show I thought was was really great. You can tell that the people, especially Mike, are huge Star Trek fans that are very um, honored to be doing this and now this that they are they are creating Star Trek for fans and uh, I can't wait to see what happens in season 2. So congratulations to everybody over at Lower Decks for a job well done this season, Bill. Mm-hmm. Can I just say the best canon revelation that we got in this episode is that Will Riker as Captain of the Titan is just as out there as Jonathan Frakes is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when Riker got the Titan, he's like, oh man, I can finally be me now and stop, right? stop putting my leg over chairs to sit down. Um, and will we ever get bored of hearing <laughs> Riker yell out Red Alert? Never. Will no. that ever get boring? It never no, will get never. boring. And how great to hear Marina too. I mean, yes. everybody's right. been focusing on Frakes. So great to hear Marina and Frakes together as the Rikers in space. Boy, yeah. a, a, tight, a Titan animated series would be pretty damn cool. It would uh, be. Would be. I got to say, Bill, on that note, I had heard rumors about who was going to show up this season from TNG, and I think a lot of people thought it might be Frakes. The Marina edition was a complete surprise and a very welcome one, Sarah. Sorry. No, not at all. I was just going to throw in a last minute uh, surprise you guys with a question. Oh, hit us. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought this is the last episode, so we should maybe have a little bit of a prediction. If you could pick somebody from that era that you'd like to see in season two, or maybe you anticipate, what would you kind of go with? Just to throw it out there. I want to see Galdicott again. I'm going to put that out right Mm -hmm. there, right now. Doesn't matter if it's just on a view screen or anything. I've I, he's my all-time favorite villain in Star Trek history, and I want to see him again. And having him animated in Lower Decks would be cream of the crop. Mike McMahon, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> what about wow, you, Casey? What a, de- what a demand! I know. <laughs> I, uh, I I, I kind of want to uh, see Jordy. Oh yeah. I think that would be great. A great experience for Rutherford. I think they could tell a really great story there. Um, I don't know why everybody's laughing. Because she said Casey. <laughs> I didn't I, no, I was good. I was, you said, I want to see Jordy. I'm like, he wants to see you too. <laughs> no, I didn't. Jordy, oh, Jordy's oh, going to be pissed off with everybody copying his visors. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Hey. I, I didn't hear the throw to Casey. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> That's Casey? okay. Hey, Bill, what do you have to say? Uh, nothing, are, Cassie. Okay, Richard. Um, <laughs> I, I would love a stop off. On DS9, and I want to hear Morn not speak. Yeah. That was going to be just, mine. Can we hear you not speak? That would be ideal. That would be well, you could, because when they threw it to me, you just took it, you bad- <laughs> So, whatever. 
What about you, Sarah? I'd love to see a stop off at Deep Space Nine. Absolutely. Because yes, as yes, soon as these yes, characters yes. that we love become animation, I have more craft projects. Like, bring it on. I've already <laughs> oh. clicked my photos for Riker and Troy so I can make embroideries of them. Oh, that's um, nice. But I can tell you right now, Mike, if you're listening, I do not need to see The Traveler. So no, <laughs> no, no pressure. No hands. No, no pressure at all. Yeah, <laughs> those, those walrus hands freak me out. Yep. Oh. But oh yeah, yeah. Can you imagine what a week Tony Newsom and Jack Quaid have had? Oh no doubt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tony Newsom, great season finale, and then drops her album Material Flats, which I bought, and it's great. You guys get it. And Quaid gets two awesome season finales in one week. What yeah. the hell? That, yep. Oh, yep. man. Yep, 100%. And I got to throw it out there for Mr. O'Connell in the uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, he had all of the fan sets, yes. lower decks pins on his uh, USS Cerritos t-shirt. So that was pretty awesome. <gasps> yeah, also. Was awesome. I love that. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know what else is fantastic? Your face. Casey? Besides that, the fact that Casey gets a week off. What's coming up Thank next week, Casey? Maker. Oh, I don't know because I get the week off. <laughs> so Oh, my. Well, <laughs> sadly, Dan, yes. I do have the week off, so I'm sad but happy all at the same time. Long-range scan of planet complete. Next time on Discovering Trek, it's back to the show that started this very podcast. Star Trek Discovery Season 3 kicks off, and you, Bill and Sarah, will be here to talk about what's up with Burnham and the crew of the Discovery with the season premiere, That Hope Is You. Arriving 930 years in the future... Burnham navigates a galaxy she no longer recognizes while searching for the rest of the USS Discovery crew. Until then, folks, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere finely produced podcasts are procured prominently. Piss off, Dan. I read it correctly. I did not write that. I did that. What <laughs> a Richard. But here's the thing. You read it right. Dan would never have made it through that sentence and he would have ad-libbed. Nope. <laughs> Don't forget, you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to the unedited hot mess audio of all of our podcasts. There's also a lot of other perks. We would like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek, and we are truly grateful for their support. They are Ken Tripp, Charlie Mulvey, Chris Trebuzio, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Mike Bovia, Sean O'Halloran, Peter Craig, Ken Bird, Jamie Rogers, David Hood, Rachel Delaney, Kyle Castillo, Chaz Bradshaw, Kimberly Hartman, Christina Werther, Steph Lesque, Jim McMahon, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. If you would like to support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks podcast network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscription levels start at $1 a month. For more great Star Trek discussion, please, please check out the other podcasts from the Trek Geeks podcast network. In addition to Rewind with Sarah and Haley, there's Polytrex, there's Five Year Mission, the podcast, there's Deep Space Pride, and there's also the brand new Infinite Trek, providing more discussion on Star Trek Lower Decks every Tuesday. Plus, don't forget that Discovering Trek will break down every episode of Star Trek Discovery's third season starting just next week. On October 19th. To find all our podcasts and where you can download them, visit trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network, no one, I say no one, talks Trek like we do.
No one. And I, I would also like to say that I think the edited versions are also a hot mess. But anyway. <laughs> more, more, more than others, yeah. So exactly. True. A lot of hot poutine, baby. Absolutely. So season one is in the books, and what a finish. Man, that was just awesome. And hopefully this last Discovering Trek for Lower Deck season one was just as enjoyable to you, the listeners. I know it was for me and Gil and Cassie and Sabrina. Uh, I want to thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to us share our thoughts about this newest and amazing chapter in Star Trek lore. And as I do every week, I cannot thank my great co-hosts and also your listeners, Sarah, Casey, and Bill, for all they do. It's been an absolutely tremendous privilege to to sit with you each week to talk Lower Decks, and I can't wait to keep things rolling with Season 3 of Discovery. Sarah, you're going to be here next time to talk about the Season 3 premiere. And then Casey's... Yeah, I know, exactly. I cheer, too. Uh, And then... Uh, Casey is going to join us for week two, and then we're going to alternate each one of you each week all through the season. Bring it on. um, I just can't wait. So thanks for listening to us talk Lower Decks, and we look forward to talking with you next time as we discuss Discovery Season 3, Episode 1, That Hope Is You. So until next time, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.